life with building ideas and solving problems with me, Gunner, and over there, Kyle. From the bottom of our heart, we want to tell everybody that's listening, we wish them all a happy Valentine's Day. Amen. You're listening to 95.7 FM on your dial and or kdir.org if you're outside the coverage area. Today, Building Ideas, we'll be talking about Valentine's Day, its origin, Aquarius, my favorite sign, almost favorite sign. And if we get a little time, I'm going to give you a little of the personal my uh, story about my personal life. For now, listen up. And various stuff. Stay tuned. We all have something to learn, all of us always. Just like Marie Antoinette, building a remedy for Khrushchev and Kennedy. At a time an imitation you can't take Everybody, this is Gunner. It's Valentine's Day. We're building ideas and solving problems, and to, you're listening to an educational program. We think we'd like to. Well, you know, Valentine's Day is a time to celebrate romance and love and kissy face reality. But the origin of the this festival and candy and cupids are actually dark, bloody, and a bit muddled. A little different than they are today. Well, the origin. The origin. Yes. Though, not one, though no one has pinpointed the exact origin of the holiday, one good place to start is ancient Rome. Is it the controllers have possibly moved in and dominated this as well? I know Julius Caesar had something to say about Valentine's Day, but he was back in the day and he was running Rome. Anyway, uh, in ancient Rome, men hit on women by, well, hitting them. Kind of like a caveman thing. The wild and crazy Romans. From February 13th to February 15th, the Romans celebrated the feast of Lupercalia. Wait a minute. Back up, back up, back up, back up. Go so ahead. if I want to hit on a girl, I smack her over the head with a billy club? If it's 46 B.C. <laughs> so don't give me an example. Did they, <laughs> did they tell you an example of how... You attracted a woman back in those days? Did you maybe trip her? No, they smacked, you... they smacked them and took them home, had their way with them. Oh, my. From the 13th to the 15th, they were uh, what you call milers. 
13th to the 15th what? Of February. Oh, oh <laughs> only in this time frame. In though. this time frame, not now. Oh, no, 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 no. But if you go back to those days, in ancient it was Rome. only for those two days that you could do that. Yeah, well, yeah, they, they were feeding Christians to the lions the rest of the time and <laughs> torturing slaves in, in auditoriums for, for sport. But so— They didn't have a Super Bowl back then. Okay, what, and, and, and men and women were held in a little different esteem as they are today, but for the two days of Valentine's, women were particularly aware or had their eyes open because a man could literally just smack them? I'm not a woman, but I imagine if somebody hit me in the head and took me home, I would guess that would, that would get my attention. Right, at some but, point, and that's, that's what they did. That's kind of how it was back in the day. Yeah, back in uh, 46 B.C., I don't think the wow. women had the rights they have today. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I get that and all, but I mean, so Valentine's was a time where, again, think about it, the flip, right? Today, I think of Valentine's, I think of a woman. Yeah. I, I don't think of my buddies on Valentine's Day. No. I think of my mom. I think of my sister. I think of my girlfriend at the time, if I have one. I think of all the girls in my life. But now, if we go back to 1300, whatever that time was. 46 B.C. 46 B.C., if you're a woman, you might be hiding. You might be. Because it sounds like a man could just wrangle you in and uh, have his lupids with your loppids. If he could get a club on your head, he, he, you were his. <laughs> wow. I mean, today's it's 2017. Some say foreplay is 30 minutes of begging. wasn't back in 46 B.C. <laughs> Out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so from that time, for, for a few days around this time, back then, then the Romans celebrated the feast of Lupercalia, and uh, the men sacrificed a goat and a dog, then whipped women with the hides of the animals they had just slain. That sounds a little cultural to me. That's good. Wow. Peculiar, for sure. Whipping women with the hides of the animals they had just slain. So now they're all full of rennet and blood and beat up a little bit. Oh, by the way, just a really quick Trump moment. Ladies, don't worry. We're not going back to these times. Trump is a very forethinker. He's very forward in his ways. Everybody be relaxed and have good time and have fun. The new administration's a loving, caring administration. Okay, back to Valentine's. To underscore, we're not going back to 46 B's. Yes, don't be, you know, don't get carried away. Don't let the media drag you into silly thinking. The Roman romantics were drunk. They were naked, says Noel Linsky, a historian at the University of Colorado at Boulder. Young women would actually line up for men to hit them, Linsky says. They believed this would make them fertile. Wow. I was just going to say, because there's that kind of underlying thought in a man's mind that kind of women might enjoy, you know, I don't want to say certain wrong things on the air, but here we are in this ritual back then that the lady, wow. Yeah, well, it was a different mindset back then. It was then. a different mindset wow. for them to line up to have get smacked. Now they call the police, you go to the jail. <laughs> <laughs> and they get the kids and a lot of alimony. It's not the same. And you spend the no. rest of your life with lawyers. Things have evolved <laughs> since then. So the brutal feat included a matchmaking lottery in which young men drove, drew the names of women from a, from a jar. The couple would then be um, coupled up for the duration of the festival, 13th to the 15th, or longer if the match was right. 
The ancient Romans may also be responsible for the name of our modern-day love. Emperor Claudius II executed two men, both named Valentine, on February 14th of different years in the 3rd century A.D. Their martyrdom was honored by the Catholic Church with a celebration of St. Valentine's Day. So there you have it. What did she kill these men for? Uh, they, just because they could. They, that was a sacrifice. Wow. Yeah, they, they, life was cheap back in those days. I mean, you know, they fed peop, human beings to the lions. I remember them hearing that, yes, when they were building the uh, Great Pyramids, that they would put the body in to get water to the mortar. Yeah, well, Just if a guy wasn't him. pulling his in, <laughs> might as well throw him in with the mortar. That way it, it wasn't so dry. It was a little different back then. That so. was a true story, by the way. That's terrible. But, I mean, that's the way it was back in, you know, maybe that was better than. And look what we worry about today, people. Come on now. Yeah. We yeah, have it pretty wonderful here these days. We've got it easier. So, anyway, that was the, the celebration of St. Valentine's Day. Later, Pope Gelasius the first muddled things in the 5th century by combining St. Valentine's Day with Luperelia to expel the pagan rituals. But the festival was more of a theatrical interpretation of what it had once been. Linsky adds, this is a historian, it was a little more of a drunken revel. But the Christians put clothes back on in it. They didn't stop it from being the day of fertility and love. So they got that out of the way. Or not out of the way, that's what they did. Around the same time, the Normans celebrated Gelatin Day. Gelatin meant lover of women. That was likely confused with St. Valentine's Day at some point, in part, believe, because they sound alike. Gelatin's Day, Valentine's Day. William Shakespeare, well, he was, uh, he, he, about his time, uh, Valentine's Day in his work, it gained popularity throughout Britain and the rest of uh, Europe, Shakespeare made a difference. He, uh, he actually put love into the equation. As the years went on, the holiday grew sweeter. Closser and Shakespeare romanticized it in their work, and it gained popularity through Britain and the rest of Europe. Handmade paper cards become tokens de jour in the Middle Ages. Eventually, the tradition made its way to the New World. The Industrial Revolution ushered in factory-made cards in the 19th century, and in 1913, Hallmark cards of Kansas City, Missouri, began mass-producing valentines. February had not been the same since. Today, the holiday is big business. According to the market research firm IBIS World, Valentine's Day sales reached $17.6 billion last year. This year's sales are expected to total $18.6 billion. But that commercialization has spoiled the day for many. Helen Fisher, a sociologist at Rutgers University, says we only have ourselves to blame. This isn't a command performance, she says. If people didn't want to buy Hallmark cards, they would not be bought. And Hallmark would go out of business. She's a little bitter, I think. Uh, probably doesn't have a valentine. And so the celebration of Valentine's Day goes on in varied ways. Many will break the bank buying jewelry and flowers for their beloved. Others will celebrate in a sad, uh, that single awareness day way. Dining alone and binging off self-gifted chocolates. A few men even be spending the day the same way the early Romans did, but not let's, let's not go too far with that. 
Anyway, that's uh, that's the, the origin of Valentine's Day. So it's come a long way from hitting them in the head and taking them home for a few days to uh, buying them a card and a box of candy and hoping for the best. Now, but when, now, on top of all of that, wasn't is I mean, was it as much a male thing in the beginning? What did you from what your readings were and so forth? Where it was? I mean, it wasn't just. I mean, it seems so dominated about the woman today. Back in the day, was it more of the man that was about? Was it both men and women? Well, back in Jesus, back in nineteen, I think it was eighteen or so. They we allowed them to vote. Up until then, women had their place. Women have their place now, but it's not where we think it should be. In some cases, uh, anyway, they they As had we all a, have our place. Is what we he's all saying. have. A, we all have Dogs an appropriate have their place, place cats to have be. Their place, men have their place. I don't mean women, it to yeah. be women have their place and, and everybody else doesn't. Everybody has their place. As a woman, you have you, you have an appropriate behavior, and as a man, we have appropriate behavior. And then now we got. But then there's 33 different genders. Yeah, I know. Now we've got 33 other ways we can we, we have appropriate behavior for all those 33 ways. I, 33, I, I'm not sure I can name them all. You're right. But I'm a man. But it started out as a more universal holiday and then kind of transferred into what it is today. And I just think well, there's a lot of this – there's a lot of controlling going on on the feminine side of things on the – woman's side of the fence if you will and i just think that there's a lot of things that you know what what do they say again we love women in this room we really do welcome to america yeah in that you know you give them an inch they'll take a mile i mean you know give them take away the billy club on valentine's the next thing you know they own valentine's do you see the trend here folks we all have to work together is what i'm trying to say we need Women as much as we need men. We need men as much as we need women. We need to work together in this country to make this country what it can be today. We cannot be too controlling. We cannot be too logical. We need to have a little of both. And I think men have a little too much logic, typically speaking, and women have a little too much emotion and or controlling aspect to them. So I think we need to... uh, my solution to this whole Valentine's thing is is that we need to go back towards the center a little bit with Valentine's. You know, you women worry about so many things like Trump doing this, Trump doing that. Look at all these things that you guys have dominated. And men don't sit around and worry about it, panic about it. We've just given it to you. I mean, we've given our houses to you. We're happy if we own the garage or we have a man's room for crying out loud. Look at all the things that we've turned over to you. Do you want everything? Do you want to control everything? I mean, can't we have some things, a few things? Aren't you happy with, you know, 60% of whatever it is? Shouldn't the man have 40% of charge as well or whatever it is? Gunner, what say you? Well, at one point, James Brown would sing the song, This is a Man's World. And I think he caught some flack for that because it wasn't back in the third century or 46 AD. It was actually uh, not long ago. And women have, uh, I think it was, I don't, I'm not sure when the women's uh, movement took place, but uh, they took their bras off and they wanted more rights and they wanted equal rights and they wanted to be equal. And the fact of the matter is women are not men and men are not women. They're different. <clears throat> and they have, and they, they, don't pay, they don't pay them the same. Sometimes they pay them more, but they don't pay them the same and they don't, they, they, but but basically, their design function is different. That's my opinion. And uh, thank God, 
And by the way, women get paid more than men in a lot of cases, in most cases. So don't buy into that. And Gunner, please don't repeat that stuff anymore. Because no, I won't. it's all I, equal I, now. I know. Yes. It really is. And if anything, in the state of California, the women are dominating. The women are too powerful. The women are too strong. We need to reside in the middle. Women need to take a little bit of a relaxation. Smoke a little dope, if you will, so to speak. Metaphorically or whatever you'd well, say. Well, let me say this. We have, and let's just all meet in the middle and be happy. We have something, Kyle, called alpha female. No, I didn't say that. No, well, but there is something called the alpha female, and that's, okay. that's kind of like the lead dog, alpha male. Right. But uh, alpha female is kind of a misnomer because females aren't alpha. Uh, they're, and they're not supposed to be. So my opinion, and of course I'm, I don't really – my opinion is worthless on this program. That's uh, not true. But the bottom line is is that uh, before they were alpha females, they were just women. And women being women seem to have more power than women being something else. That's just my opinion. Of course I measure something called feminine energy. I did a course called Men, Sex, and Power a long time ago because my wife wanted me to do it. And a lot of my buddies did it, too, because their wives wanted them to do it. And we learned a little bit about feminine gender and male gender. Back when we did it, there wasn't quite so many genders. I mean, transvestites, gay, lesbian, that sort of thing was there. But not so many more that there are now that I can't, I can't list them all. But uh, women with their feminine energy really uh, attract a man. That's a man. If a man's not himself, well, then maybe, maybe that's not going to attract him. And, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about heterosexual uh, beings at this time. No diss to anybody else, by the way. So, uh, but I, I noticed that some women just have feminine energy. They're just women, and it's appealing and attractive to me, a man. Let's My say, ex Lori had a lot of feminine energy. He was a charm. She was a charming lady. I know Laurie, and she was a great lady. She was fabulous. She still is a great lady. She's still a great lady. If you're listening, Laurie, happy Valentine's Day. Yes, happy Valentine's. Mom, happy Valentine's. Dina, happy Valentine's. Marilyn, Diana, Erica, got a bunch of them. Miranda. Tracy, happy Valentine's. Susan, happy Valentine's. There you go. Yeah, see? We have to do the best we can. This is an Albert Einstein quote. We have to do the best we can. This is our sacred human responsibility. Albert Einstein. You can call us at 530-792-1648 if you want to join us. And uh, today we're talking about Valentine's Day. And uh, when we run out of Valentine's Day, I was going to mention that the Aquarius are born this time of year. And I'm a kind of a astrology. I think astrology has a part, has a place on this planet. It makes a lot of sense to me, and it, it, I've read the. I haven't read all the books. My his, sister has, and she recited to me. So, my sister Lana, by the way, Happy Valentine's Day, Lana. And uh, uh, I, I listen and remember she said a lot of things about a different things, and a lot of times she would just talk and run on about stuff, and I'd hear it at Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, and I never forgot it. So, and then if I have to want to know anything about astrology, I'd call her, and she'd look it up, and she'd say, oh, you know. When where when were they born? Where were they born? Are they male? Are they female? That sort of thing. It, it has some kind of a issue. It take it, it it means that you have a there was a, the planets were in a certain place when you came out. So there you are. Being a Libra, I'm a kind of a library type guy. Do you mind if I tell them what sign you are? That would be fine. Ca- uh, Kyle's a Cancer. Very charming man. Cancers are that way. 
sign of the banks. So he's uh, not bad with money either. I used to iron it when I was a little kid. Literally, when I was about 10 years old, I used to iron money on an ironing board. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> sign of the banks. <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, I got a thought from this guy. It was really interesting. And I can't say the word, but it starts with an F and it's sexual. Right, so you're going to have to add that word in to this saying. Okay, you can figure that out, folks, as you're listening in. He says life is all about effing or fighting. Hmm. So add the first word into the first one, right? They got that. Yeah. If you're not doing enough of the first, you end up doing too much of the latter. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that a really simple way of saying it? You know, if we're not doing enough loving, you're doing too much fighting. Well, I think balance is a good thing to have in life. Isn't that a good thing? I mean, isn't that an interesting thing? You know what I mean? People that are having it, getting it, funning it, you know, being with it, loving it, they're not worried about all the stupid things to worry about. You know what I mean? Isn't that just the simplest way of realizing why all these people are protesting? They're not loving it, living it, having it, doing it enough. They're, they're not happy. They do, you know. It's just quite possible, as this guy says. It's all about either effing or fighting. I I could quote uh, Clint Eastwood in the in the in the movie Pale Rider. I think he said to the lady at the house he was staying, "If there was a little less war and a little more loving, maybe uh, yeah. maybe the world would be a little better place." Yeah. So let's just be happy with who we are, men, ladies, people, beings, thirty-three different genders. You know, just find a way to smile and and help somebody out and say hello to your neighbor and bring your neighbor some cookies for crying out loud rather than throwing a rock at him or yelling at him. You know, whatever happened to the days of bringing your neighbor cookies? Yeah. And Welcoming it, into the neighborhood. Once upon a time, it was simple to know which bathroom to use. <laughs> and I'm happy for all these equal bathrooms and everybody getting the happiness and equality that they need. But let's just not get so carried away with it that we lose track of ourselves. To quote Shakespeare, much ado about nothing. You know, if you got to go, go. And let's not forget what Ben Carson says. Here's about the only politics I'm going to add to the show today. We have been conditioned to think of the only second thing, because I already brought up Trump one time, but this will probably be it. We've been conditioned to think that only politicians can solve our problems. But at some point, maybe we will wake up and recognize that it was politicians who created our problems. Ben Carson. Amen. Okay, this is, uh, this is required. KDRD hosts many pop-up live music events loosely c- categorized under the moniker Live Dirt. But there's one Live Dirt event you can plan on monthly. KDRT lives from Armadillo Music for the downtown Davis second Friday art about talked about it last week every month for art about KDRT co-presents and broadcasts live music and interviews from the armadillo stage at 6 30 p.m. So mark your calendars and meet us at armadillo. Next one is Friday, March 10th with Wyatt. Heesmeyer. Very nice. Yes. The, um, what we're experiencing, I have a gentleman staying with me, and uh, he I know him from the farmer's markets, and he's a farmer, and his little farm is up in Oroville. 
and uh, he's been forced out of his home for the last two days. And I think it's an example of just how we need new leadership and how reactive everything our leaders do from the left to the right to all of these people and why we need business-minded people in office and or people that have experienced life and can share with others how to run their lives. You know, we, I mean, this damn thing is the perfect example of how reactive our government is. And I think it was back in... 2005, they said to the town of Oroville that the dam wasn't doing good enough or it needed this or it needed a little love or it needed to change here and there. And here we are today. You know, we need water. We've got a dam full of water and now they're rushing to empty it. So the darn thing won't bust. You know, I mean, if you were proactive about things and maintenance things, you would know that when you filled your glass to the top, that it could hold all that water. You wouldn't worry about drinking it half down and in in fear of the water is going to flow out of the glass. I understand Governor Brown was reported saying he didn't know there was any problems with the uh, Oroville Dam. Maybe he was too busy with the trains and tunnel projects. But uh, they've known about this problem for a while. But Governor Brown didn't for some reason or another. He's the governor of the state. But he's been busy. So, you know, he's been busy handing out retirement packages to his buddy, to teachers, to firemen, to all of the state and federal workers, all of this money. That's where it's all going. I will never forget when I heard thirty five million dollars was sent from the federal level to a town over in the Silicon Valley, that thirty five million was supposed to go to paying off houses back in 06 when the housing market tanked. So it's supposed to help them with their mortgages. Well, guess where that money went instead? It went into their retirement packages, folks. They didn't give it to the people. We're getting screwed, blued, and tattooed by our leaders. You need to ask more of them. I'll reframe that. He's been really busy. Anyway, he didn't know about it. And uh, I talked to a geologist that worked on the the Oroville Dam. He said that uh, it was a dewdrop's chance in hell that the dam would break. But the spillways are off to the side, and they're not working right, and we could lose some water, and, and that water coming over the top could be devastating. Not, uh, not if the dam broke. If the dam broke, it would be, uh, be catastrophic. Whereas the spillways, they put boulders. They've told people they can go back to their houses now, and so people are, can go back. Uh, we have somebody here we know that's—I I have several people I know that have evacuated. Actually, 190,000 people had to leave their place of residence and go. I can't imagine the highways. I mean, I imagine— Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what the town of, people, town of Oroville is saying is, is, and this is something to consider, folks. Literally, we are paying more attention to the fish today than we are to our human, fellow human beings. I mean, look at this. The fish have been pampered. The fish have been this. And I'm all for the fish. But again, and as Gunnar said something about Brown being busy, well, maybe he's just not bright enough. Again, folks, we need to elect bright, talented, versatile leaders, not people that don't know things are happening or I've been too busy. If he's too busy, maybe he's micromanaging everything. Maybe he should hire better people around him. Gavin Newsom, his lieutenant governor, has told the public point blank he hardly does anything. I've witnessed what Gavin Newsom does. He doesn't do much. Why? Why is that? Why don't they, you know, delegate more authority to different divisions, different areas? You know what I mean, folks? We can get more out of our people if we hire 
better people. We need to pay attention. The day that uh, they announced the evacuation, uh, they reported on the radio that they were handpicking the the, the little fish down in the hatcheries and moving them in case the dam broke so they wouldn't lose all these little fish. But they were actually picking them up one at a time and moving them, which is good. I'm glad that they did that. When I talked to the geologist who worked on the Orville Dam when it was constructed, he said that the environmentalists had hindered a lot of their progress and even checking the dam out. There's a 20-foot valve at the bottom of that dam that's never been tested, according to him. I don't know it to be true, but he worked on it and claims that it's never been tested. He said that he didn't know it was tested. Back in the day when they were going to open it up and close it, uh, the environmentalists said no, and they never did open it. So it's the kind of valve that where you can take the pressure off the dam really fast. But that, as far as he knows, that valve has never been tested. It's a 20-foot valve. So if it opened and didn't close, it would be the equivalent of the dam breaking. So they're not going to open that valve. I can tell you that right now. Wow. Yeah, a little trivia, a little stuff that, you know, uh, this guy said he worked there, and I believe that. And uh, uh, I said, well, what are the chances of that dam breaking? He said, there's no chance that dam will break. The spillways are off to the side. The dam is designed to hold back. The mountain would go first. And, a, and that was their concern. That there was boils or actually some erosion in the mountain by the spillways, and that was what they were concerned about, uh, losing a mountain. Right. So anyway, I think everything's good. I, th- I think they, if they, they're letting them go back, I guess the pressure's off. And uh, thank God nobody got hurt. And uh, but you know that, like Kyle says, those things should have been addressed some time ago. You know, instead of fixing things when they're broke, why don't you look and do a little preventive maintenance? I right. recommend it for roofs, and I surely recommend it for dams. And generally speaking, children have a tendency tendency to be pro reactive. Adults have a tendency to be proactive. When when you're an adult to a family, you have to be proactive. You have to prepare the, the trip. You have to prepare for this. Children just react to whatever it is. So think about who we're hiring for the most part for our you know positions around the world. We're hiring children. We need that to change. We need to pay more attention. We need to expect more from people and uh, do a little bit better. Here's a little tip to save a little energy, save a little money. Just reminding you, just simple little things like this. Sun to heat your car. Ways to save money. When you park somewhere, if it's cold when you pull into park and you're going to be out of your car in a half hour, park somewhere in the sun so that when you come back to your car, the windows are all rolled up. It'd be like a little heater in there, a little solar heater. So your car will be warm when you come back from your shopping trip or whatever it is. Little things in life that we can do to, you know, use less of the environment, use less energy that we don't need to waste. Hmm. Good good thinking. The Aquarius. I'm not an Aquarius. I like Aquarius. It's an air sign. Aquarius is the uh, 11th astrological sign in the Zodiac, originating from the constellation Aquarius, the water carrier represented by the zodiacal constellation Aquarius in Ganymede. A beautiful Phrygian youth. Ganymede was the son of Tros, king of Troy. While tending to his father's flock, 
on Mount Ida, Ganymede was spotted by Jupiter, the king of gods. He became enamored by Ganymede and at one day swooped down as a bird, lifted Ganymede to the heavens, and Ganymede had not been seen since. Now, there goes the, the legend of Ganymede and Aquarius. They made a song about the Aquarius, and, and, and astrologically speaking, I like Aquarius people. I think they're cool. I really do. I'm a Libra. He's a Cancer. Uh, I'm an air sign. He's a water sign. I don't have any water sign in my, my whole astrology makeup. There's no water. There's no earth. I'm just fire and air. I haven't had him charted or done to that degree, but I had myself charted where my sister did it, and she did that. She said, I'm an anomaly because I don't have any earth and I don't have any water. So, But I'm strictly fire, strictly air, and little or no water or earth. That would so. be fun to have that charted. Yeah, I'll, I'll get that done. I, I mean, I can get that done if I get a where you were born, when you were born, how you, you know how, how your mom held her mouth when you were when you came out and all that <laughs> pertinent details. <laughs> but we have a lot of fun on building ideas, and we may uh, we may be uh, hitting the tube someday. It's hard to say, but it's a possibility. We're we're talking about that. So this actually is possibly our last show. I'm hoping. That we continue on and we go every other week or we go on in a different magnitude. We might come on once a month. We might do TV and radio. We're pondering a lot of things. And uh, we're, uh, we're going to start dabbling in TV here next week. As soon as I can get the mole re removed from my nose, I think it's time for me to go on television. <laughs> So we uh, we don't we don't know what lies ahead, but uh, we really don't. There you. Do you have a reading coming up? How many have we done? Uh, we haven't. I, I have another one here, and it's oh here's the one that's supposed to come. Okay, here we go. World Reggae DJ Dennis shares his love of reggae music. I like reggae music from around the world on World Reggae Thursdays from 10 to 11 a.m. on Kdirt. For replay times, visit kdirt.org and click the schedule tab. Nice World Reggae. Nice. Yeah, it's an educational program we're, we're on, and uh, we're required to read these and report that we read these and document it. Uh, it's the law. It to educate is, law. is to provide with schooling, to develop mentally and morally, to provide with the information, train, discipline, school, instruct, and teach. We believe that we have been instructing and teaching you all a heck of a lot, and we've been learning from you, and we want to continue to do that. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we think what we have to say is true. Therefore, it's not a lie, and it's not designed to make you think a particular way. We just say the truth and hope you get it, basically. Uh, common sense, not common anymore, but we like to think that it's useful. So, like I say, I have cow dogs that have more common sense than some of my friends. And common sense is a good thing. It really is, so... It's, uh, you know, if you're standing out in the rain getting wet and you don't want to get wet, get out of the rain. That's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? Or have an umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's not too windy and the umbrella doesn't break open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking here at some trivia. The average asking rent in Orange County is $1,799. And the article I was reading earlier about the homeless in Orange County, we've got a lot of homeless people in Orange County. It's a nice place to live. 
even if you don't have a home. It seems like a, the amount of homeless is growing everywhere. I actually ran into a homeless person this morning at 6.30 a.m. I heard a click of the gate. I decided to see if it was a fellow tenant coming in and out of the gate. It wasn't. It was not. It was a homeless person deciding to defecate in our yard. Was he like a cat? Did he dig a hole and bury it? Uh, he was very quick about it, and I think oh. I beat him to it, and he pulled his pants back up and got on his bike and drove off. But it was quite interesting. Poo-poo interruptus. Yes. Yes, Muscus. That could be uh, devastating to the human mind. Yeah. I, I actually... Probably suffering still. I know. I know. I, and I tried to make it as... I didn't yell. I didn't. I just kind of looked at him like, uh, this isn't working. I'm for housing the homeless. I've said it more than once. I'm not a bleeding heart, but I, I, do, I, do, I am for housing the homeless. One of the problems, and it, it's... That we don't have enough porta potties out there for the homeless, and or somewhere for them to do that because otherwise they do it on a on the storefront of the guy they didn't like anyway. Isn't that a good point? I mean, that's so freaking true. I mean, there's a simple solution, one every. But then again, I bet when you do that, they end up getting destroyed. They would be trashed or trashed. As or, a construction man yeah. on certain projects, I was required to bring porta potties on if I had you know stay a certain long, have so many men on the job, or stayed for any length of time. But it just makes sense if we had a few porta potties out there, and maybe some public instruction is to use these damn things rather than uh, it might take a little pressure off them having to hide out. I know in Orange County, they look, they hunt them down, and they try to find them and, and get them out of Orange County. I'll never forget. That reminds me of a college time where we had this one party and it was so big and so much fun. So the next time I decided to get a porta potty and a security guard, yeah. and no one showed up to that one. Wow. Well, not any. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. few that everybody was like, well, Kyle, what's the security guard all about in the porta potty? Well, last party we had. If I was a homeless man, I think I, <laughs> if I was homeless, I think I'd rather be in Orange County than uh, Minnesota because it gets. 35 degrees below in the wintertime in Minnesota, and it gets to be about 40 degrees in Orange County in the wintertime. So there's a big difference. You can put on a couple of sweatshirts and live through it. And I, that's a fond spot for myself. My mom, my sister, and her family, my family, live down there. And uh, so it's a great place. I love it. And I don't live there, of course, but uh, it's fun to visit. And the weather's great. And it's right there. My mom lives right on the ocean, and uh, it's beautiful. When I go down to visit, every night I go down, I leave the house about sunset and go to San Clemente, and I just get out there and, want, and look at the ocean. It, to me, it's medicine. It's some kind of spiritual medicine. Just be out there with the, with the sea. It's so powerful and so incredible. To me, it is, anyway. So I find it to be very useful. If I uh, was to give anybody advice that had any troubles at all, I'd say if you had the time, go Go out there and stand by the ocean and just be. Uh, some say the same is for sitting at a fire and looking into the fire. I think both represent eternity. So if you have two mirrors in your house and you get them a certain way, you could, they just go, they go into infinity. Maybe it represents infinity, not eternity, infinity. Not oh. the same thing. Infinity is the endless phenomenon. Eternity is hell, isn't it? Anyway, infinity. <laughs> I stand corrected. Infinity. I made another mistake on the air. Well, it's not the first one. Oh, my God. 
Kyle's keeping track. No, I can't. He doesn't have enough, he doesn't have enough paper and pencil to do that. So anyway, but Orange County is a fond place for me, and they do have a homeless problem there. And it's a fun place to go, and it's a fun place. Actually, it's not a bad place to live. Uh, a lot of people on the freeways, but there's a lot of people on the freeways up here, too. Well, just never get on the freeway. Yeah. Yeah, I have a nephew, and I go with him. He takes every back road he can. He gets there about as fast. I mean, he just knows the roads. He could be a mailman, I guess. I got to bring up one other thing. That Steve Bannon article in the B. Did you read that? Did you bring that back in? Last show, two shows ago, I had you read that article on what Steve Bannon told the media. Oh, I saw it. I didn't throw it away. Yeah. Anyway, I'll repeat it to the best. Oh, you have it? No, well, I don't have it. You have it. Okay. You have it somewhere. It doesn't matter. Okay. The point is, folks, and I think this couldn't be for this couldn't be more true. Steve Bannon, from what I understand of the man, the uh, Jeff here at the show gave me an article on him. Basically, what he wants to do is get rid of the establishment. He wants to get rid of the Bushes and the Clintons, the people that are holding us back. So he is your friend. Believe it or not, the more you study Steve Bannon and Donald Trump, the more you realize they are just Americans that want America back in the way that America should be in a new, advanced, you know, contemporary way. And anyway, Steve Bannon said to all of the um, to the to the establishment, to the media, he says, basically, you people should shut up. He says, you guys haven't predicted anything for the last six months to a year. You haven't got anything right. Why don't you guys just shut up and sit back and listen? And, folks, that goes to a lot of us. You know, a lot of us that haven't really figured out what's going on still, maybe we should kind of sit back. Those of us in this state, in this country, that have that don't understand why we're moving in the direction we're moving, you know what I mean? It, maybe it's time that a lot of you listen, that a lot of you learn, that a lot of you ask more questions. Because like Steve Bannon said to the media, obviously you folks haven't figured it out. Maybe you should just shut up for a while. You know, so take that into consideration in your own ways, with your own self, with your own neighbor, whatever else it is, is, is that, you know, sometimes the teacher should be taught Sometimes the media ought to, you know, I don't know what the media should do today. What do you think the media should do today, Gunner? The media is on wide open, and they are out to uh, uh, obstruct and nail the man that says that the media doesn't like him. And uh, they're going for it with everything they got. The media is not truly the newsmakers. They're simply out to make money. And out to make news that sells, and they don't really care if it's true or not. They just want to get their. They have an agenda, and uh, it's not healthy, folks. Not healthy for this you country. Ask more of your media. Turn your television off. Right into your the B to the Enterprise. Ask for more truth. You know, uh, call CNN, call Fox, tell them you're not watching them anymore unless they do this. You know, ask more of them. You know, we vote with, you know. Uh, our purchases, you know, cancel your cable, cancel your news, cancel this, whatever it is, ask more of the people around you and it'll start happening. You can already see it happening. It's exciting as can be that if nothing else, 
Donald Trump's presidency for four years is going to open up the spigot for everything. I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll never see a Bush again. You'll never see a uh, 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 Clinton again. You'll never see Obama again. You'll never see any of the establishment run this country ever again if we're paying one slight bit of attention. John Quincy Adams at the beginning of the, con- at the beginning of our country, and I think it was Washington, really didn't want two parties, and Hamilton was the one that wanted the second party. And it's somebody a, anyway. It's been a problem ever since. I think it was Hamilton, but maybe it was somebody else. But it we, we've been a two-party system, not Democrat Republican. They've called them different names, but two parties means two opposing parties, and it's just you know it, you think that's good for check and balances, but it it turns out right now in this day and age, in my observation, it's more about winning and more about surviving the party rather than the good of the country. And I think the whole purpose of any of this is for the good of us, the country. The people in the country is the best part, and it's, we're not we're we're getting played second fiddle to them arranging and fighting positions. So it doesn't look good th- that they do that, and uh, nobody knows what the future is going to bring. And uh, if people that think they know really don't, but uh, they can take a wild guess. We all take guesses sometimes, but the bottom line is what will be will be. Here's my thought. As I'm listening more and more and becoming more and more aware of gluten and or our flour and wheat, I want to just quickly remind everybody that somewhere in the 20s or the 30s, our forefathers had to make decisions to how to feed all these people. Well, wheat was probably predominantly the field of choice and it was easiest and it just took off. So now almost everything we do in this country is made from wheat. Generally speaking, if you went to China or Japan, I'm sure most of it's made from rice. Uh, you know, so other places, most, most it's made from potato. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Well, I am listening more and more, and this is my opinion. This is not checked, validified at all, but I think it to be true is something to consider. I think everybody should attempt or try to come off of wheat. Do it for two days. Note how you feel. Do it for two weeks sometime after that. And then after that two-week period, eat wheat like Mad Dog and see how you feel in the different cases. What I'm hearing more and more is, for instance, there's this gentleman that comes on the radio a lot, and he talks about he's selling vitamins. He's on 1530 AM, I think. And he talks all the time about how to get you in better health. Well, back in the day, every third remedy used to be he'd tell the guy, hey, Bob, I understand your ailment. I would recommend get off of gluten or wheat for a while and then take this vitamin. Now he's saying that 95% of Americans shouldn't be eating flour or wheat. It is so manipulated. I heard a guy, a friend of mine that came back from Italy said, if if you get two-day-old bread, you could use it as a hockey puck. Well, you know, wheat or flour in other countries is not as all like our food or our wheat. And our food is getting pathetic. I'm reading articles now with Monsanto, and they finally admitted that that food probably is a, a form of uh, cancerous. They're glyphosates or something in Monsanto's chemicals. There's just so much stuff that's going on in this country that's just not healthy. And anyway, I, I'm just a big advocate of this because it's so easy and so cheap to do. It's free to do. Just try, if you'd like. I can, can I can I say this? Can I tell them to actually? Can I call? Them? I would recommend. Well, you can say that you do it and you like it, and yeah. Uh, and, and a way to do it, way one does it is, is that they don't eat wheat for two days, 
and you see if it has a difference. Biggest things you'll notice is a mental clarity and your joint pain will go away. If you have joint pain or a mental brain fog. I had the brain fog and oh my heavens. In two days, it was so obvious to me, it was ridiculous. And then after that, if you want to try it a little bit more, you try it for two weeks at some time. You can continue it that, at that during that two-day period to make it two weeks or come back to it another time and do it for two weeks. And then after that two weeks of being off of it, eat wheat very obviously in a big formats for the following two weeks and see how the different states of your being was and see if there's a difference and note that. And the positive side to all of this is, is I feared I wouldn't be able to survive in my own country not eating fast food or not eating pizza or not eating this or not eating that. What you will find is you can eat all kinds of different things. Gluten-free pizza is there. It tastes the same. You eat more Chinese and uh, Thai food than you did before. You just change the way you eat. And guess what? You start eating healthier and you're happier and you're more energetic. It is truly amazing. I had a, I went to an allergy doctor when I was very young. I had hay fever, and it really bothered me, and I didn't know what to do about it. And the doctor didn't know what I was allergic to, and he told me to do some – eat certain things and watch how – and separate and just take one thing at a time and ingest it and then see how I, I reacted with it. And when I had a bad reaction with some of the things that I would consume, he said, pull them out. And see – pull those out of your diet and see if uh, you, 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 don't, you get that reaction. And I discovered that certain things I ate bothered me and certain things I ate didn't bother me. So, And I wasn't aware of the gluten back in those days, but I was, I was aware that the doctors don't know how to help you. The best thing I learned about allergies is that if you are allergic to something or partially allergic to something, you really got, you're responsible for discovering it yourself. Your doctors will not necessarily help you. Right. And eliminate it, in other words. Like he's saying, it's actually really good. People think it's boring or whatever, but it is good to eat the same thing for like a week and see if that, you know, if you feel good that week. And then put that other thing into your diet, that kind of a thing. But what I've noticed, Gunner, too, is is I don't have allergies anymore. I noticed that, too. I yes. I you're a lot uh, different. I haven't got allergies at all anymore. I don't take allergy medicine. I don't worry about this. I don't worry about that because the wheat was clogging me up. Again, I'm telling you folks, try going without flour or wheat or consider it for a couple of days and see how it makes you feel. This one doctor, as I was saying, said that 95% of Americans should not be eating our flour or our wheat. Or, you know, it's one and the same, I guess, isn't it? Flour, wheat, the same Flour, thing? Uh, well, uh, gluten it comes from flour, and it's, uh, to make, it's designed to make bread soft. And so gluten is in wheat. And uh, it's to make things soft. That's the purpose of it. And uh, there's a lady named J.J. Virgin, and she came out with a, uh, a diet that she wanted you to not consume soy, sugar, corn, peanuts, eggs, Round 10. or gluten <laughs> for seven uh, – she said three weeks. Do it for three weeks. I did that. I, I didn't consume soy or those seven things for I think about – 16 or 17 or 18 days, I dropped like 12 pounds. It was amazing. I didn't try to drop the weight. I mean, I just did. And uh, it was amazing. I, I just didn't stay with it. And I didn't go on her diet. But I did think about what I ate. And I do eat certain things now, and I don't eat certain things. And uh, uh, I read the book Primal Body, Primal Mind, which is a book about diet, about caveman diet. It's about some things that kill you. 
And uh, so it's, you know, you are what you eat. And, and some of the things you ingest can shorten your life and in some cases shorten it profoundly. I've got a disclaimer. So you want to you want to be careful about that stuff. But anyway. Uh, I've got a disclaimer. Think about it. Go ahead. Building on ideas and solving problems with Gunner and Kyle will freely offer advice, but makes no guarantees regarding the veracity of any opinions shared on the air. Also, we assume no liability for said claims, and kids, please do not try this at home. Contact us at info at kdirt.org or call in the big cheeses at 530-757-2419 and let them know what you think, by the way, of us continuing on with this show whether we should go to TV, do both, any comments, up, down, or sideways, 530-757-2419 is that phone number. That's the office that you can call in. It's not here on our show. It's to a, you know, a regular line, and you'll get a, a Derek or Alex or Jeff or somebody, 530-757-2419. Very nice. Thank you. International House Davis promotes respect and appreciation for all peoples by sponsoring numerous opportunities for cross-cultural interaction and exchange. In addition to serving as a home away from home for international students and scholars, iHouse is a community resource for cultural discovery. iHouse hosts social gatherings on international film story series, art exhibits, a monthly storytelling program for kids, and weekly language classes. iHouse Davis is located on College Park Drive, just off Russell Boulevard. For more information, call 530-753-5007 or visit internationalhousedavis.org. Vince Lombardi said, winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. <laughs> Isn't that a good one? That is good. I like that one. Yeah. I think that we have to have winning and losing in the world. And I think it's unrealistic to say no, but there are no winners and no losers. That's just not true. Well, I don't want to keep score. Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, I'll tell you, 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 there's much to learn from losing as there is from winning. So this is all valuable. Amen. It's all valuable. Folks, we're only, we're only here four more minutes with you today. Here's a little Milton Berle humor. We owe a lot to Thomas Edison. If it wasn't for him, we'd be watching television by candlelight. Wow. Think I, about that for a moment. Yeah. Do you get the humor in that? Yeah. Thomas Edison did, a, did us a great service. No, I don't think you got it. Go ahead. We owe a lot to Thomas Edison. If it wasn't for him, we'd be watching television by candlelight. By candlelight. Yeah. You discovered we the light. We can't have the both. They're both energy. They're both electricity. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. Edison, good man, inventor. Probably under-acknowledged for sure. <laughs> Was it just lucky? If you did, you, did you stumble upon it? Yeah, no. Who knows? Some of that stuff happens like that. So we've got a little time. Anybody out there, prayers, religious, request a for a prayer, I want you to pray for my son. On, Jan on June 23rd, he was in a terrible accident. He damn near died. He was classified as a C, meaning he's not going to make it. He had a rib through his heart, his lung, and his gut. He lost his blood, six inches of bone from his arm. They rebuilt him. But when they come in in that category where they're going to die, they do a lot of experimental stuff on him, and they did a lot of experimental stuff on this kid. So he's suffering right now. Uh, he's healing, 
and he's doing well in the healing department. But he's not getting the medical attention he needs, and it's just uh, too bad. So if you could say a prayer for Eric, my son, I'd appreciate it. I truly would. Uh, for those of you that pray anyway, give him a give him a say something about Eric. He needs a he needs a break. He needs a touch of uh, compassion at this time in his life. Eric, you're a big stud. That's one thing I know about you. And amen to you, and happy Valentine's to you and everybody else out there. Andy's joining us here in the booth, but he doesn't really want to talk, so just oh, be aware on, that Andy's in here for the last minute and a half. Say hello, Andy. You got the mic. He on. can if he wants. Hello. There's Andy. He's here. No more stage fright. Now, recite after me. And what did you think of uh, uh, Greg's idea of will the will the real Jesus please stand up? This gentleman wanted us to start a show. Gun, I don't. Want, we only got a minute and a half left. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go on on the yeah. But uh, will the real Jesus still planned up? He said there's what three million people that he thinks that think they're Jesus, and we should have do a show and interview them and pick the real Jesus. Well, some say he's coming. So, you know, but they didn't say when. Who are they? Who's going to write the book on they? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Would they, any of they people, please call. <laughs> Let us know that you're around. I love it. Well, it has been fun. We'll surely be back. But if we're not, adios, Davis. Um, you know, what else you say? we got another minute There's 17,000-plus uh, subscribers to Davis TV, and it, it'll be available on YouTube. And it looks like we're going to do that. So, uh, But I want to do both. Yeah, we hate to, we hate to lose, radio, you know, lose our relationship with you all. Well, no, it's a little different sitting behind the scene than it is in front of the scene. It's quite different. It's totally different. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. But all in all, if you tell a family secret, we love you all. And uh, wanted, you to do the, wanted to give you our best. And in fact, we did give you our best. It's tough love from my perspective. I love you. I just show it in a tough way. He it's holds still... the father image, and he does it well. It's hard not. Well, Dad's back, according to him. Amen. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>